0: Another one. I got that juice, juice. New AP. She got it, juice, juice. She
1: got it, squeeze, She got it, wait, wait. I'm on a ski. I got it, drip,
2: drip. I'm overseas. BR. All right, we're here for a October 15th episode. It's a cold day out. Um, Just finished up my. My school will end. I'm trying to... Sorry, we're a little late on the episode today. Uh, it was supposed to be on Tuesday. Couldn't have my guest on that day. Couldn't have my guest on yesterday. And I, I, since I got my school done early, I was like, you know what? Let's have him on, and we'll have a early day episode. So, before we have him on, I'm going to get a quick segment in about uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen, but... Uh, you gotta watch Rogers on the Pat McAfee show. It's literal it's such great entertainment if you're a Packer fan. The guy he just turns into a completely different person when he's on the um when he's talking to the press to when he's talking with McAfee and A.J. Hawk. I mean, it's just it's just pure comedy. The guy he just comes out and he he tells all these great stories from back in his past and during his older playing days and Jeez, it's just I look forward to it every Tuesday. It just makes it just makes you love Aaron Rodgers more as a quarterback. Just knowing that that's who he is off the field, just a good dude, just talking to some talking to some guys, cracking jokes, making having some fun. And, but yeah, I look forward to it every week for for reasons like this. Like I look forward to it every Tuesday for reasons like this. So Rodgers, um, sorry, hold on a second. Uh, talking to a friend here in math class. All right. All right. So as I was saying, so he, Rogers talks a lot about, um, he, he makes, he cracks a lot of jokes during, during the Pat McAfee show that are actually really, really funny. Like Rogers is a genuinely funny dude. And one of those things, I made a segment on this last week. I said that, the ESPN, in, the ESPN announcers are awful. I hate Steve Levy. Lewis Riddick sucks, and so does Brian Greasy. And it's been it's been five years since there's been a good announcer. On well, I mean, let's think about it. I mean, it was it was it was Greasy. It was this year Greasy Greasy Levy and um, Riddick bad the year before that Tessitore and Booger, which was probably the worst one. And the year before that Witten. Passator, and then the Boogermobile. That was awful. And then it, what was it like four years ago. It was like McDonough and was. I think I think Tariqo left before McDonough did. So yeah, I think Mc, then it was McDonough and Gruden, which was all right. McDonough's not bad. And then uh, McDonough and and then Tariko and Gruden. Now, yeah, it's been five years since a, since there's been a great boot. And Monday Night Football is iconic. So that I feel like they're just disrespecting it. So. As I was saying, Rogers made this comment um, about the ESPN announcers saying that when he watches the games, he turns the volume down. And he didn't like. Ex- he didn't like. He didn't like. Straight up, say they didn't like the announcers. But we all knew he was implying it, and I think that he was listening to the juice, and he kind of got that idea from me. Like, oh, maybe maybe I should t- give those guys a true listen. You know, kind of kind of listen in. More closely to see if these guys are actually awful. And he did. He 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 saw he listened to the answers and then realized, yeah, he's right. So he went on the Magic show and said that. Another thing that I loved, and I think everyone has heard this. I mean I here I'm gonna play it for you, but like this was just this was just legendary by Rogers. Like, I mean this is just a goaded comment. Just listen to this.
0: You know, I, I, I sometimes laugh when people talk about you know, down years for me, because a lot of times, down years for me are career years for most
2: quarterbacks. First off, genuine reaction, it's just a genuine. It's just a genuine good show, and and Rodgers is right. He's right. Like last year, if he would have thrown for, if another quarterback. That isn't of his caliber. Like Blake Bortles would have thrown for four thousand yards and twenty six touchdowns and four picks, it would have been a different story. Blake Bortles would still be a starting quarterback, but it was Rodgers, and people didn't like that he had that stat line because you know he's better than that. And yeah, it was considered a down year, but I mean, it was it was just it's it's just it just baffles me that. It just baffles me that people could say that guy's washed after a stat line like that. He didn't play to his caliber. I can agree with that. I wouldn't say he wasn't the best quarterback in the league last year, and he wasn't the best quarterback the year before that. But this year, he's kind—he's finally stepped back into his rightful throne as one of the best, or if not the best, quarterback in the NFL. Another story. I. This was this was my this is such a great. Um this was such a great uh, story that Rodgers said it was from the Super Bowl in 2011 against the Steelers when it was his second touchdown pass in the game and Greg Jennings ran a post route it was in the red i think it was in the red zone or might have been closer to the close to the red zone Rodgers threw an absolute dart down the middle to to Greg Jennings it was then hit Greg Jennings in the hands, and he fell into the end zone. He was absolutely popped by Troy Polamalu, and Ryan Clark was the safety that missed that by an inch, missed the ball by an inch. And, and there was a story about how how Ryan Clark reacted to that Ladies and, and couldn't believe that he field. had missed that ball. So I got to go find this here. So I'll take a break here, and we'll get back to it as I find this uh, recording. All right, so I found the clip, and I had heard Ryan Clark has said this story on multiple sports shows, but I wanted to hear it from Rogers' perspective, and it was really interesting how he described it. So here, let's play it here
1: was snapped, he just started sprinting directly to the place where the ball was going, and you threw it over his hands just by a little bit in front of Troy, I guess, and it was a touchdown, and he says that you looked at him and you said, hey, 2-5, instead of calling him by name, which he thought was pretty disrespectful, you said, hey, 2-5, which might be a thing that you do, I'm not sure, and then you went like this to him, about
0: how close he was, and it, it is it is still buried in his soul to this day.
2: Man, that's just typical Rodgers. I mean, just a just a, kind of a passive, just a little kind of looks at the guy, and he just just an inch, and the fact that it's still in Ryan Clark's, burned into his mind to this day, it just, oh man, it's just another, another, another check mark on Rodgers' greatness.
0: There's a lot of hate in his heart because of that. Is it true, from your side of the story? He's obviously recycling the same story over and over, because I did see that he had said that, and that he wanted to punch me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's a little, you know, Harsh, uh, for sure. I can't say I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a pacifist, so I, I wouldn't welcome that. <laughs> wouldn't
2: have- There's the jokes right there. I mean, Rogers just saying that he would have kicked Ryan Clark's ass. I mean, that's just, just, just the show in general is just very funny. Even when Rogers isn't on there, I still watch it. I mean, it's just McAfee is just such a comedian. AJ Hawk compliments him very well. And it put and then the two guys in the back tie and the other guy they're both Packer fans, just the ultimate, just the ultimate um, radio show sports talk show. I mean, it's better than anything that's on TV nowadays. And the fact that you add Rodgers into this, it's just, it's just good stuff. Fairly be searching that
0: out, and, and maybe we can have a conversation before that, before it gets to you know some sort of violence. I just don't believe in the use of violence without you know previous conversation. Smart but I will say that they were you know they were playing cover four. I don't think he sprinted at the snap. We ran, you know, all go special. And he, you know, kind of, you know, slowly made his way over from the back safety, clue in on number three, who was going vertical. Um, you know, kind of snuck it in there. It was a really good coverage. Um, I wasn't trying to be a dick about it.
2: close. But. yeah, great story. It was an all-around tremendous, all-around terrific game, and uh, man, if I was, I was in first grade when they won the Super Bowl. It obviously wasn't as special to me because I was a younger kid. If that happened now, yeah, I mean, it, I'm all for it, and I think this team has the has the talent to get there. All right, so time to have the guest on today. We're gonna have. Tyler Shraven who is a good friend of mine and also one of the one of the great uh, sports minds in Nina High School me and him agree a lot on a lot of topics and uh, I'm going to have him on and we're just going to talk some top 10 lists so bringing in Tyler here Tyler can you hear me Tyler can you hear me I can All right so I told so. I told the audience here that uh, me and you tend to be one of the great sports minds in Nina High School. Would you agree with that? I I would reckon one and two. One and two. Um, but, hey hey, and hey, maybe we could have Dietz on the show too. Dietz is obviously has some have, would have something to say about that. I think it'd be great content. So. But then you got people like your last guest. Cal. You just, you never know Cal, Cal, Cal's cow, cow's the hot take artist to say the least. We all know we all know that about Cal. Cal likes to get the clicks for sure. <laughs> so, um, so let, let uh, so we had a segment going on here that we're gonna compare our top ten lists. Now, me and you used to disagree, but after a, once once we talk it out and get things rolling, I think we tend to disagree. We tend to agree on a lot of things. Would you agree with that? Oh well, yeah, of course. Great minds think alike, do they not? Awesome. Oh, of course. So. You got your top 10. Do you you got your top 10 list ready? I think we can start with wide receivers. You want to go first? You want to say your top five receivers?
1: Yeah, sure. You want me to go one to five right
2: away? Let's go five to one. How about that? Okay. All right. All right. Well, coming at number five, I have Tyree Kill. Agreed. Yep, that's that's mine. That's yours. Okay. Yep. Uh, At number four, I have Michael Thomas. Mm hmm. Same. Number three, I have Julio Jones. Okay. Number two, I have um, one of my favorite players in the league, Devontae Adams. Okay. And uh, number
1: one, I got uh, DeAndre Hopkins as evidenced by the Texans' struggles without him.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I See, I, I agree with that. See, I we've talked about this before. I had... Julio and Devante switched which I think I think it's a I think it could go either way with those two because they're both they're both they both have their strengths in they both have their great strength in, in certain points parts of the game like Julio in terms of straight line speed and jump ball and jump ball receiving is one of the best in the league and then Devonte is probably, the yeah and Devante is like the maybe the greatest route runner I've ever seen on a football field. The guy's release off the line is just terrific and then his ability to shake defenders and his hands are have improved. Do you remember Devontae back in, you know, twenty fifteen? The guy couldn't catch a ball to save his life. Catch, I remember watching
1: in my living room. I was calling for him to get
2: cut the following <laughs> Oh <off season laughs> I mean, after that after his rookie season he had so much potential and then the next two years just had these major drop issues. But once Brett Hundley came in that year that Rodgers got hurt, you could really see the stardom in this in the in the kid and He's lived up to the hype, but I think I say we dis, i say we agree mostly on the wide receivers. I, I'd switch Julio and Julio and, uh, and Devontae just because Julio's been, in my opinion, the best receiver in the league for the longest period of time. Besides, besides maybe hop this year because D-Hop is just flourishing in that Cardinal system. But so we we basically agree on that, right? Yeah. And even
1: though, uh, even though we both have DeAndre Hopkins number one. I feel like one through four, you can have an argument for each of them.
2: Yeah, because even a guy like Michael Thomas statistically has was the best receiver in the league last year. So yeah,
1: we both have Thomas four, but at the same time, the guy led the league in yards, catches, everything imaginable.
2: Yeah, so. but you just got to watch the games. It's the eye test, the eye test that we go go after. All right, right. so let, let's go. Let's go to running backs because I know quarterbacks is definitely going to be a controversial list. So we we'll, we'll, let's let's go let's go running backs. So. Give me your list. I'll tell you what mine was, and we can we can go from there.
1: Okay. So my running backs. It's really hard to base it off of because a lot of running backs. It, it's all about who's the healthiest, the best exact time. Yeah. But uh, my five in order
2: goes at well. I'll start at number five. At five, you may think he's really low, but I have Ezekiel Elliott at five. Okay. That, that might stir up some controversy. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. think There's so many great backs in the league. Mm-hmm. I think, I think number four is Dalvin Cook.
1: I think he pretty much fuels the Vikings' offense and allows Cousins to be successful when Cousins is successful. Although it's rare.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I would say Derek Henry's probably three. He's just a mammoth of a man. Yep. He just runs hard. He's he's just an all around beast. He's, mm-hmm. he's tough to tackle. No yep. At mm-hmm. number two, this is where there might be some controversy as well.
2: I have Christian McCaffrey, too. Oh, I, all right. I think with his speed, when, you know, when he turns the corner, of the game's
1: over. But he <laughs> he's so fast, and he can do it all. He can catch, he can block. But I think number one, and this might be based off some recency bias, but I think uh, Alvin Kamara's number one. I think he has, even though he doesn't catch the most passes McCaffrey does for running back, I think Kamara has, he has good hands, good <laughs> route running. He's fast. He's really hard to tackle. I mean, when we were watching the Packer game, there were Packer <laughs>
2: defenders literally just yeah, just off bouncing him, off him, and he just kept running. Um, all right. So our lists are actually a decently different. The top three is the same. I have Christian. I have Christian number one and Kamara at number two. But okay. at four. But at four and five, I actually have uh, Saquon at five and Zeke at four because. I've I've been a Saquon fan since he's gotten the league. In fact, I thought he was the best running back in the league after his rookie year. But hey, there's not a lot you can do with that with that horrendous o line that the Giants are working with. And you can tell when the guy gets in the open field, he's he might be number one. I mean, he's so tough to tackle. And in when you talk about doing it all, Saquon can also do it all. He can catch out of the backfield, and he's one of the more underrated running back blockers um, that I've ever that that I've seen so far this year. Yeah, I got Saquon. I hope he gets out of that New York Giants situation. I respect Dalvin Cook and an, another guy that we both love is Aaron Jones. Uh, he, I he was
1: gonna say he would probably be, be my honorable mention.
2: Yeah, he was he was up there that. for my honorable mention. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was he was somewhere around six and seven. All right, so we got that out of the way. Now it's time for quarterbacks. <laughs> this is this is gonna get All interesting. Right. All right. So I we did top ten for quarterbacks here. So I'm gonna actually have to, I'm gonna to have to go back to my list and just remember what I had. All right, so you go and we'll 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 just we'll go again. All right. Well, before we get to order, I think the top three should be pretty consensus. Oh yeah. Rodgers,
1: Mahomes, and Wilson. However you want to put it, I'm not gonna hate
2: on. Yeah, you. yeah, ABC. There yeah. There is where it gets tricky. Yeah, of course. <laughs> At number four,
1: even though he hasn't proved much in the playoffs, and He's proven he's a good passer, but he's proven to be unreliable when his team gets down. I still have Lamar Jackson at four. I can't take his MVP away. From him. And his dual threat, just
2: like you in the backyard. <laughs> oh yeah, just, <laughs> we all know that. What do you do? What do you do? do, you, do? you can't, you can't um, catch him. Now, before you get to number five, I have I, to before you get to number, I want to talk about a want to talk about an analogy that our guy Colin Coward used to describe Lamar Jackson. I want to see if you agree with this. He described him as the NFL version of Giannis. When he has a lead, he's the best. But when he's down, you really don't know what you're getting from him. Do you agree with that?
1: I'll tell you what. I've said that exact analogy before, and people call me a hater. Here's the thing. Giannis and Lamar are, like you said, they're great when they're in control of the game. I trust those two to not blow a lead due to their... They're just dominant ability. Yep. But here's the thing: when push comes to shove and the game gets really close in crunch time, I don't really trust either one of them to to get it done against you know more experienced players. But that's not to say that those two can't develop in the closers of games. But who knows?
2: Yeah. I know. I mean, hey, I gotta say, I was dead wrong. I thought Giannis was gonna bring a championship home in Milwaukee this year, and he just failed drastically. And <laughs> And things like that happen. Hopefully he develops. Hopefully he stays in Milwaukee and we build our team around him. But right now it's not. It, things are looking bleak. I'll say that. Even though I told you
1: guys so, he still is only 25. He's got
2: yeah, he's got, he's got plenty of time. All right, so wh- who's your number five?
1: Number five, um, again, this might be a, a little source of recency bias, but I think Josh Allen has been really impressive this season. He has a cannon for an arm, and he's only approved his accuracy since coming
0: to the league. Mm-hmm. And he's a very underrated runner. He runs hard. He's not
2: afraid of contact. He doesn't shy away from it. Hey, I, I think he fits their system well and I think he's really good. I love I love when quarterbacks are, are guys that don't like to slide at times. I mean that guy can take hits. He's just he's a six um, five behemoth of a man and he will take hits. That's what well, I love about Yeah, true. unless it's Rogers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. True. Now six. Uh at six I have uh this this has to do a lot with how I am my confidence level come January. Yep. I think Big Ben is a playoff quarterback. I think he's
1: very reliable in uh, crunch time. I, I think he's answered a lot of questions in terms of how he'd come back from his elbow injury. Uh,
2: yep. Pittsburgh's got a lot of weapons.
1: Big uh, Ben's very accurate, and he, I think he's a good leader. I have
2: him at six as of right now. So, so in my list, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I actually switched Big Ben. I actually have Big Ben at five just because that, awful game that Allen played at on a Tennessee. On, against Tennessee. It scares me. Against a great defense he did not play well and Big Ben's been consistently good this year. So I have Big Ben at five and Allen at six. All right. I'll say that.
1: It does worry me that in Josh Allen's first game with everybody watching this season, you know, he's on prime prime time TV and he, he, he got a little bit exposed, but we'll have to see how he performs Monday night against Kansas
2: City. Alright, now seven Seven. This, uh, he's been getting a lot of hate, and rightfully so, because I think it's clear that he's regressed. But I still think Drew Brees is one of the more accurate. Yes. In this yes. That's, That's who I have at seven. I think he, uh, I think, yes, it's
1: fair to say he's regressed, but I don't think he's washed, as I think he still has that it factor. Like, you know, you just trust the guy. Like, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to explain.
2: Because you Here's the thing about Breeze that people forget. While he has shown without Thomas, and it's not like Thomas was ever a downfield threat either, he hasn't been able to throw the ball down the field. He's still playing decently well this season statistically. I mean, I don't know. He hasn't. He he doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot, and he's consistently he getting best yeah. yeah, and he's and, he, and he's consistently getting two hundred eighty plus yard games. Is he th- not? Is he throwing it ten yards or less? Yes, but hey, the. If you get it done, you get it done. And he's been getting it done. Right. Um, at number eight, I have uh, prayers up, but I have Dak Prescott. I All think right. He, um, he was having a, statistically a
1: career year, even though there was, like the results on field work shown in terms of their record. But statistically, he was having a career year. Now, I know a lot of that those yards came in garbage time when the game was a wash, but I still think Prescott. You know, we'll see how he comes back. But he was great in terms of he can use his legs to get around. He could throw the ball deep. He, he could do it all. And he's more importantly, he's just a guy you want leading
2: your team. Yeah. So I, I had, I had, um, Dak actually at uh, I actually did not have him in my top ten. I don't. I after the injury, I don't know if he is going to come back and be the same player. So I actually excluded him out of my list, and I put Kyler at eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, so who do you got in nine?
1: Nine? I have, uh, which now I feel like it's a little low, but, you know, they're not performing this season. So I got Deshaun Watson. <sighs> I think uh, yeah. Deshaun's another guy. He, he's another guy you want on your team. He's not afraid to take hits and make winning plays. Um, I think he does do a lot
2: with a little. Yep. In terms of they don't have a great protection. Their defense isn't
1: phenomenal. He's got some solid receivers. I wouldn't say any star receivers.
2: He, he makes yeah. a lot of something out of nothing. Yeah, I actually, Okay, so you, you reminded me. I actually completely forgot that Watson. I completely forgot Watts, Watson. I actually had him before the season started at number five on my list. But, uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. I'm actually going to put Watson at eight and Kyler at nine. All right, so who do you got at ten? All right, capping off the list, uh, I know Bruce, you're
1: a fan of him as well. As he gets a lot of unwarranted hate. Yep. I think uh, Jared Goff's having a nice. Fast yes. Fast.
2: There we go. <laughs> I think he struggled
1: last year, and I, as I think the whole team did, but I think he, he puts he has a deep ball that's beautiful. He puts it right where it needs
0: to be. Yeah. On the money. He he makes smart reads. He just does his
1: job, and there the Rams are very quietly four and one, looking like potentially the third best team in the NFC right now.
2: If you and he, if 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 if. <laughs> If you didn't know who the players were and you saw a goff's deep ball, you'd think it's Russell Wilson's. It just floats in there. Like it just drops right in the bucket where you need it to be. Sure, he's, sure, maybe he's kind of a product of Sean McVay's system. And I love Sean McVay a lot. But you got to, you got to, when you watch Jared Goff play, I watch him a lot and I see greatness in him. So, the first time, granted, it wasn't this year, but the first time that I, really in depthly watched your golf was that Monday night game when they were playing Kansas City yeah and uh, it was 50 something to 50 something I think it was really yeah oh nice. yeah they were going at it it was fun to watch now the, the game where I actually noticed golf's greatness I don't know I don't know if you remember this it was the beginning of the season uh it was the beginning of the season two years ago. It was before the Chiefs-Rams Monday night game. It was the Thursday night game against the Vikings. Him and Cousins oh. just got into a battle. Goff played so well that game, and that's when I realized this kid had something special. And I actually went on to have his best year of his careers.
1: I think, uh, I think Goff's better than, than Wentz, and you could argue.
2: I got Wentz at 11. Like
1: ahead of him, I think Goff might be the best quarterback in that class.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I think I, I got Wentz at 11. Because we we me and you don't need to explain it. Watch the guy play. He's got a lot of talent. He's just working with absolutely jack as for receivers. So,
1: so what was your top ten in
2: order? So you? my top ten in order, I got Rogers one A, Wilson one B, Mahomes one C, and then I had Jackson four, Big Ben five, Allen six, Breeze seven, Watson eight, Kyler nine, and then ten uh Goff, and then eleven I got Wentz as an honorable mention. So we
1: had, we had very similar list. And if I could add another honorable mention on top of Wentz, because he's my eleven, yep. Ryan Tannehill fits in Tennessee's system
2: perfectly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, you want to hate it on him, but he's just playing so well. I mean, there, there was a stat uh, past 17 games. He's playing like Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Was, was he good with Miami? No. No. I don't think he's
1: a guy built to carry a team. I think he's a yeah, guy that – He's a
2: complimentary can quarterback. Good, can, yes. Can be a very good good player. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And then obviously, don't count Tom Brady when it comes to January. He's still up there, too. I mean, right. watch him play right now. He's still He doesn't look very good. But come January, be, nope, there's not many players you'd rather have on your team than um, 12 in Tampa Bay. Knows how to win. Yep, knows how to win. All right. Good segment, Tyler. Hopefully, have you on soon. Uh, go pack against the Bucks this weekend. We'll, me and you will definitely be watching. <laughs> yeah, of we, course. We got a big one. We got a big one. Hopefully,
1: separate
2: ourselves from the pack a little bit here. Oh yeah, we I know we can. Now, did you catch did you catch Skip Bayles's uh um clip about Rodgers on undisputed? Was
1: it Rodgers
2: slander? Well, of course it was Rodgers slander, but like he just it, it Shannon so Shannon told us Skip that Rodgers is just the better QB, which is I think is blatantly obvious nowadays. And Skip's still going back to the 6 Super Bowl and he made the and, and he he this is what made me mad, and this is what Skip Skip fails to realize. He says he thinks Tom Brady should have won eight Super Bowls because he dropped. Remember when he had five hundred five yards against the Eagles? He thinks he deserved to win that yep. game, and then, and then the, and then when they were undefeated and they lost to the Giants because of the, because of the David Tyree You're catch. To
1: that, and Rodgers deserved to make the Super Bowl when his defense let the Falcons score
2: forty four. Yeah, yeah, the and then um in the Seahawks game, I mean Brandon, all Brandon Bosk needs to do catch that ball and the game's over. But uh, yep. this is what this is what people fail to forget about Tom Brady. Tom Brady also doesn't deserve three of his Super Bowls, in my opinion. One, the tuck rule. He didn't even deserve to be in the game. Two, right. the, all the Seahawks need to do is give it to Marshawn Lynch. And three, while it was a great comeback against the Falcons, people forget that that game would have been ended if that Julian Edelman catch never happened. That ball should have been picked, and it was one inch off the ground while it was a great comeback by Brady, come on. That w- that's just the ultimate luck. And
1: on top of that, not to mention a win a You do what you got to do. But people forget just two
2: years ago, they scored 13 in a Super Bowl and won by double digits. The yeah. Imagine. People like
1: Skip, though, they, they don't do what you and I do. They don't do the eye test. They just they <laughs> go back to the same tired argument all the time. Yeah. Rings,
2: rings, rings. Rings, rings. It's the been ultimate been team sport. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Well, go pack. See you later, Tyler. It was a good segment. And hope you have to on, hope to have you on soon. Thanks for having me on, Bruce. Yep. See you later. All right. That was that was good. That was good shit. Um, so I'm gonna take a break here. This episode is sponsored by no one. Couldn't think of a couldn't think of a sponsor. You'll have one next week. I'm not racking in as much money now, but trust me, in a little bit, we'll get there. All right. Take a break here. We'll talk about some playoff football. All right, so I think it's safe to say that I'm not worried about anyone in the NFC of beating my Packers. And I'm going to go over these teams in the NFC and say if they're contenders or pretenders. So the division leaders currently are the Packers, the Seahawks, the Saints, and the Cowboys. I think in terms of contenders there... The Seahawks are contenders. They're 5-0, but I'm not worried. That defense is historically bad, and the only reason I'm worried about them is Russell Wilson's playing the best football of his career, and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett tandem scare me. Chris Carson, people people are underrating Chris Carson. He's a top-ten running back. The guy is playing terrific right now. Um, The Bears, I'm going to go down by record here. They're pretenders. I don't think the Bears have near the talent that the top teams in the NFC do. The offense is just Allen Robinson and a bunch of guys. David Montgomery's all right. He still needs more development. He can't really do much behind that O line. And Nick Foles, I don't think is has near the juice that he used to. Um, and the defense is great, but nowadays you have to have a uh, you have to have a high powered offense to get to the Super Bowl. The Rams, I like. I think they're contenders. You can always you can always count on Sean McVay to turn it on eventually. That defense. While not terrific statistic wise, has a lot of talent. Any team, any defense that has a tandem of maybe the best cornerback in the league and and the best defensive player in the league, always got to give him a shot. Buccaneers contenders. Um, while I haven't liked their performances, Tom Brady in January is always going to get a team rolling. So I got him. Cardinals are pretenders. I I think they can make a wild. I think they can make the wild card. But so far, after that hot start, they just haven't looked the same. I don't know what it is. Maybe teams have figured them out, but I don't know how you can figure how you can quotation marks figure out Kyler Murray. Panthers, I like. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's playing played well the past couple weeks, but yeah, I'm not sure. Saints, pretenders. Uh, we'll see how they are when Michael Thomas gets back. But so far, a lot of a lot of their wins have been unimpressive. And then 49ers, I think are pretenders. I don't think they're even going to make the playoffs. All right, now let's go AFC. All right, there we go. Steelers, they're contenders. Like me and Tyler said, big Ben in January at Heinz Field. Whew, man, that guy can play through the cold. The Titans impress me a lot. They are contenders. Ryan Tannehill is playing out of his mind in terms of his type of in, in terms of his name. Great play from Ryan Tannehill. The Titans are are contenders and with and with uh, Derek Henry running the ball and A.J. Brown and Jonu Smith leading the receiving game. Now, Browns, not contenders, but they have played very, very well. I want to see how they do against the Steelers this weekend. If they win that game, I'll put them in contenders. Blake Mayfield's playing incredible complimentary football. He doesn't need to throw it 35 times a game. He can throw it less than 30 and get you a win with that running attack. Ravens, contenders, That's that team is still loaded with talent. On the offensive side, you got Ronnie Stanley on the O line. Maybe the best left tackle in football outside of Dave Bakhtiari. Speed with Marquise Brown. Great running attack with Dobbins and Ingram and Lamar running the ball. Mark Andrews. Uh, great, great lineup, and that defense is killing it for my fantasy team right now. Patrick Queen won uh, AFC offense uh, Defense Player of the Week. He's a stud. Buffalo Bills. I'm going to say contenders, but like I said, that game scared me against the Titans. They Josh Allen played exceptionally bad. And how many points did they have? Like 16? What was the score? 41? 16? It was something like that. But Josh Allen, I still love him. I still think he can be an MVP contention. But, man, I mean, I don't know. I guess it was a dis- the distraction of COVID, maybe. Maybe they were trying to stay away from the Titans players. I don't know. Who knows? Kansas City Chiefs don't even have to think about it; they're contenders. Don't I don't think much about the Raiders' loss. Every team is a fluke loss, and that was theirs. Um, the Raiders I actually liked. Raiders aren't contenders, but they have a chance to make the playoffs. Patriots hot take: they are contenders with Cam Newton. They were one of the more impressive teams that I had seen. Once Cam gets back, this is going to be a whole different team. All right, so those are my contenders and pretenders for the playoffs. Once again, Packers. I'm not worried about any team except maybe the Chiefs because uh, I don't know if the second Packers secondary could keep up with their speed. Maybe. I'd love to see a matchup between Jair and Tyreek because Jair is one of the more fast. Jair is underrated for his speed, and I think he could maybe keep up with Tyreek. I'm not sure. But yeah, so so far, through a quarter of the way through the season, those are my contenders and pretenders. Good episode with Tyler. Some Aaron Rodgers talk, who I haven't talked enough about this year. And playoff looks, see you next week, maybe Tuesday. I'm not sure I'll see how I'm feeling. But uh, hope you have a great weekend. Go Packers. See you later.
1: Thirsty, tryna trying
2: to choose. I mean, I know I'm pretty cool. My nitty bag, my kitty bulls. I got the jokes. I got the jokes. Channel, Chatham's on. Foolies, glad I'm on. Even my haters, kind of glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my.